We're back to being a normal country. We're back to being a... speaker had exploded or something. It was only kind of yesterday morning that we realised what happened. Knowing Manchester, I know it, you know, it, there won't be much effect in Manchester. I feel the communities are, are very tight-knit. I just think we'll stick together. So, you know, last night at kind of 10 o'clock, get a message. I see friends kind of taking selfies at the concert. Yeah. Um, then almost we kind of follow their kind of the story kind of bit by bit um, across the evening and into the morning. We literally heard about 25 minutes after it happened, you got a text from uh, people at work. Yeah, I group chat, so that was like my work group chat was keeping me updated. Yeah. Stayed up until like yeah. three in the morning. Three, just keeping up to date. And then I got up, I, I was supposed to wake up a lot later, but I woke up at like seven and I just stayed up because I just wanted to keep a check of the news to see if there are any more people, you know, many more fatalities exactly. or not. I just needed to know. It's at home, um, it's via social media. Um, we put the news on straight away. Um, we just couldn't believe what we were seeing, to be honest. I think, like, I didn't come to school yesterday because I was too scared. Like, I literally stayed at home because I was scared of what people were going to say or whether I'd... You don't know whether you're going to get attacked or not, or whether people are going to blame you, so it's kind of scary, I guess. I'm in complete shock still that this has happened in our town, in our, our home, you know. It's 23 years we've lived here, and for me it's the best city in the world, you know. Um, the best communities in the world, so much togetherness, and just for something like this to happen. It's unbelievable. It was just like a horrible atmosphere to walk into this morning, but at the same time, people working so hard and people coming in who should be on the day off. Everyone, everyone, every member of staff has rang us and asked us if they want any help. Just think that the support's been amazing. Yeah. I think it says a lot for where we are, where we come from. Well, we rang around the people who normally go to a lot of gigs and concerts, but thankfully no one was, um, none of our friends were concerned. But I know of friends who work very close to the Manchester Arena, I know friends who work in there, and thankfully they weren't there that night, but it could have been. I mean, I said to you this morning, I walked in that part of the, the arena to get out of a concert. Like, if you've ever gone to a concert in the Manchester arena, you know exactly where they're talking about where the bomb went off. And I've walked there myself. from Greater Manchester and forces nationwide close in, close in on what they say is a network. The Home Secretary, Amber Rudd, said this morning that he was known by security services up to a point. We are currently treating this as a terrorist incident. This is clearly a very concerning time. Greater Manchester Police has stopped passing on and sharing intelligence. Up to a point, quote unquote. I'm Simon Childs, Home Affairs Editor at Vice.com. And welcome to the British Dream. I started working on this podcast because we wanted to cut through the nonsense and bullshit of British politics and society. We didn't expect to be talking about this. The atrocities in Manchester this week were gross, putrid, horrifying. 22 people, some of them children, were murdered by a fanatic just for trying to enjoy a pop concert in order to make some deranged political point. So this week I've been in Manchester. I arrived on Tuesday afternoon. Now it's a beautiful hot Thursday evening. Yesterday I went to a press scrum at Disbury Mosque where the bomber, Salman Abedi, worshipped. I checked out the vigil on Tuesday evening. 
that was really moving. I met NHS workers, taxi drivers, students. I've spoken to people who are afraid for their future, people determined not to let this change anything, and people just trying to get back to normal. Today I rushed to another panicked incident. Police had put Hume on lockdown because of a suspicious package. There were cop cars everywhere, a helicopter was dispatched. It turned out to be a false alarm. The package was deemed non-suspicious. It's been a jumpy city to be in. The media's been here in their droves, in their swarms. I've been part of that, and to be honest, at times it's felt a bit uncomfortable. There's a certain icky prurience to a lot of the concern. By Wednesday, on the streets surrounding the bombers' household, people have put notes in their homes, asking journalists to leave them alone. And being part of that press back, at times it's been difficult to know what to say to people, or what to ask. Like, if someone's had this horrific event in their city, how do you really start that conversation? That said, with so many people trying to spin this story for their own ends, it feels vitally important to understand what happened and to let people tell their stories. There have been attempts to turn this event into something divisive, mostly from jaded pundits in faraway places writing diatribes, but that all feels very alien to a lot of the people I've spoken to. It can sound corny, but there's a very real sense of unity and refusal to be cowed by this shit. I found that really heartening. That said, it would be wrong to ignore the fears that will come from this. Young Muslims I've spoken to have been as outraged as everyone else, but some of them are worried that they'll get tired with the actions of one man who certainly doesn't represent them. And meanwhile, the security situation seems to get ramped up. Anyway, those are some thoughts. That's more than enough for me. This week, we really wanted to use the podcast to let the people of Manchester speak for themselves. Going into like someone's country or doing things for, you know, other reasons behind behind the thing. Sometimes you got to think that there's only certain times you can do it and someone's going to do something. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's so many things happening in, you know, Syria, Palestine and everything. We hardly see it on the TV and stuff. And there's thousands dying every day. And no one, like, really knows about it or no one really cares as well. But you see, like, them just go on with it and stuff, you know what I mean? They have no other choice. See, see in my opinion, what's the difference, you know, from their point of view, uh, I don't know, someone in Syria gets bombed, someone in Palestine gets bombed, thousand people might die. You know, obviously, from their point of view, they feel like they have to retaliate. And may, maybe that's why they do it. Obviously, we, we don't know. Like he said, we, we don't get any coverage of what's happening in these other countries other than what you might see on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. So obviously there's a lot of reasons why these things happen. But like he said, I'd say one of the main ones is obviously all these bombings going on in all these other countries. Obviously we don't know what the agenda of the US is or the UK is. We don't know why they're bombing all these countries. We don't know why they went to Iraq. Well, you know, there's three theories as to why they went. They said they wanted to take out obviously Saddam and this and all that, but we're not condoning anything, but the thing is, if you're going to go into someone's country and, you know, try to push them to do things or, you know, dominate them and stuff, someone's going to tell you for the wrong reasons. Mm. And then people will just say it's religion and there, you know what I mean? Someone might get shot by an American soldier or an English soldier, a British soldier, and all they think about is you kill my family, you know what I mean? And that's the hate inside them. It's not about... Um, religion or anything else. It could be about anything, you know what I mean? But all they know is that Western came into our country and did this and that. That's what I'm saying. All I'm saying, you can't just go free into someone's country and just start taking over. 
some, sometimes somewhere something's gonna happen. You know what I mean? And when something like this happens, like we're Muslims as well, and we know things happen in Palestine and Syria, but it's like we'll think about it for a bit and then it'll disappear, which is bad on our half as well. But as just you know, standing with humanity, everyone should be doing something. The only the only reason we've been thinking about this more is because it's home. Mm. It's happened where we live. He'll also say that a Labour government will be one which will reduce rather than increase the terror threat. Uh, the Conservatives have been already reacting to this ahead of the speech by saying the comments are inappropriate. How does it have, feel to have like your must being the centre of attention like this? Uh, it's, it's, it's not very pleasant. I don't think so. Quite naturally, you know. Don't, we don't expect this. Sort of... My house is there. Yeah. So I looked at my window and I just saw all of this. So I just came down just to see what was going on, really. I don't know because I live on this road. I just want to. I want to hear what. Just hear what's going on, basically. So were you surprised to hear that the guy? Ooh, very much so, you know, very much so, you know, that they, I don't think that anything of that kind happens in this place. And they're different kind of, they're not a human being, you know, they're different type of creature to do these sort of things, you know. Young, innocent girls, you know. And all they're my African, thousands, I know, for the scene over there, you know, so I couldn't find my daughter once, you know, so many girls over there, you know. It's quite common, you know, but it's very, very sad. Were you surprised to learn that the guy that did the, you know, the attacker was, apparently went to this mosque? Yeah, I mean, it just brings it a lot closer to home. Um, I've been in this mosque before um, the the doors always open and like you just get food and just speak to people um, so it's just yeah it's a real surprise because it's a really nice community from our band set the whole planet shaking. Our inventions are legends. There's now we can't make. And so we make brilliant music, we make brilliant bands, we make goals that make souls leap from seats in the stands. And we make things from steel, we make things from cotton, we make people laugh, take them, mix some are rotten. And we make you a home, we make you feel welcome, we make some happen, we can't seem to help it. And if you're looking for history, then yes, we've a wealth. They have targeted and killed our children. Manchester way. All these other solutions just go straight out of the window for me. I guess some like certain sections of the press and some like people maybe on the right wing of politics are going to be interpreting this as like to do with Islam. Um, what would you kind of respond to that? Yes, this is nothing new. Um, this is expected. I think every Muslim out there, uh, we all expect that, and we're so um, used to it that we've trained ourselves or we just accept the fact that you know what as long as we stay true to our beliefs which is what's written in the Quran and in like the prophets 
and uh, what's written, um, what the Prophet had his actions and everything like that. As long as we are the right representation, then that's fine with us. Um, we clearly know that what these people are doing, what these terrorist groups are doing, is against Islam. It's not part of Islam, or otherwise there wouldn't be millions of Muslims around the world. So I guess we just kind of we know what we expect is coming, and we're like, you know what? We're going to go out there. And we're going to just be us, and that's just and any other citizen, any other Manchester citizen that is um, that's here. Well, unfortunately, when you see these sorts of incidents in the media, it does tend to be, you know, a certain profile of person who's associated with what's happened, and. I don't think it's a case of racial profiling, you know, the, the police, the authorities have got a job to do, let them do it, as far as I'm concerned, to be honest. Non-Muslims now are opening their eyes and see, you know what, this is not Islam. So uh, a lot of people are taking the stand and going against the notion that Islam is this, it's bad, it's... And say, you know what, no, because I, I, I have a friend who's Muslim, or I, I know Muslims that are around and stuff like that, and um, I know for sure this is not Islam, and they're doing their own research and stuff, so the worry isn't that there are so much, um, this, being scared to go out and stuff, it's not there so much, to be fair, because I have confidence in non-Muslims. Is it concerning at all to you that like the the tariff like level has been raised, so there's going to be more like armed police on the streets and that kind of thing? I am definitely concerned. I mean, it's it's the right thing, you know. I'm impressed at how the police have handled it. I think they're very efficient. I just don't want people to feel bad towards all Muslims, if you know what I mean. Because mm. like I've heard that there's been hate crimes already, like, and it's been so so quick after the attack. It's got to a point where it's because we have to kind of say, okay, it's fine, we're Muslim, we've got to put up with it. But why is it? Why has it got to this point? And that's where we need to kind of like solve things. I feel like it won't be amped up. I, I don't think so. I think it's still going to stay the same in terms of society, but in terms of government level and uh, maybe... Um, at a, a, high, like a higher level, it might change. Um, but I hope they don't do things like prevent and they learn from that um, and just talk to us, just the normal people who are part of society every single day because we can provide them with advice because we're there living every day and we can see where someone may be going radical. I feel bad that they have to hold up, like Muslim people feel like they have to hold up plaques saying we support us yeah it's like they shouldn't have to feel guilty like i've got friends that have texted me saying i feel so guilty because of what people that are tr trying to say my religion has done it's not their religion at all and it's it's i just want to make sure that like muslim, like muslim people don't feel like they have to be guilty for that because it's not them it's a, it's a total inhuman act that is what the terrorists want I will now call Mr. Fawzi Haffar to read the press statement. Peace be upon you, peace be upon you all. My name is Fauzi Hafar, and I am a trustee of the Manchester Islamic Centre. I would like to make one point very clear, that after reading this press statement, we will not...
That day when I went there, I've dropped about 16 people there four times. Mm -hmm. right. That's my car. Yeah. Text four people. I'm waiting on journalists here now. But the last four girls that I took, they were just like 16 years, 17 years. And when I took them, I asked them, what's going on in the arena? They told me, singer. I never heard that singer before. Because, you know, in our generation, we don't know these young singers. Mm. So they, they were explaining to me, oh, it's this singer from there. She's from USA and all that. Okay. Then I asked, oh, is she good? They said, they were surprised that I didn't know the singer. But then they explained to me that she's from USA, her name is this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then they sing a song for me about, about the, the singer. And we were singing until we reached the place. So I remember this girl's face, this four girl, young girl's face, the smile, because we were chatting and joking until we reached the station. And I dropped them there, exactly where they're saying the bombings happen now, because we come from the other side of the town. I'm from Somalia. Mm -hmm. It happens in my country every single day, four times, five times. Mm. That same morning when I wake up in Somalia, there was a football team, the best football team we have. They came from training and the terrorists waited them when they are going to home with their bus. They sprayed the bus with bullets, they killed four players and the coach. So it was a horrible day for us, all of us. You know, this is my town, Manchester, my city. You know, it was so painful. But I didn't stay away from the job the next day. I want to stay away, but I said, no, we have to go and walk. This is our time. We need to show these terrorists that we are walking and functioning. They're not going to put us in the house. That's what they want, you know, this motherfucker. They kill our people, but we will survive, and we are united. And it was great when I see the paramedics, the police, the taxi drivers, taking my colleagues, taking people to hospitals, you know, free. That is Manchester, man. That's Manchester. Do you know if what, anything happened to those girls? That's what, that is, that's the misery, man. I wish I see them, their pictures, because I remember their faces very well. But I am praying that they're, they're okay. Uh, that's what I'm praying on. Because somehow you feel, you know, man, you are near there, and you drop people there, these people could die, you know. Although it's not my fault, I'm a taxi driver. But then you feel, you know, that, and why did you, why did you take these people to there? Why you didn't check them? Because these kids are like my own kids, you know. Mm. That's, that's the way it is, man. That's the way it is. Yeah. It's so painful, man. It worries me greatly, and in fact, I, I made known my concerns about it to the U.S. ambassador. Um, uh, it's not acceptable to me that you know here there is a live investigation taking place, and we cannot have information being put in the public domain that's not in the direct control of the British police and, and security services. From the streets of Mossai led a suffragette city with sisterhood pride.
My concern is that the whole point of terrorism is to divide people. So that is what they want to see. They want attacks on uh, on mosques because that is a, they want that clash between the Muslim community and everyone else. So for anybody who goes down there and does that, they're basically giving the terrorists what they want. Why do that? You know, why blame the vast majority, 99.9% of decent, kind, law-abiding uh, citizens who uh, follow the Muslim faith? Why do that? You know, that is to, to um, fall into the trap that the terrorists are setting, and I would ask everybody to bear that in mind. Thanks to everyone I spoke to in Manchester this week. The British Room will be back next week to continue putting a grubby lens to an even grubbier world. The British Dream was produced by Sam Bonham at Rethink Audio. Speak soon. Stay positive.